welcome to Conversations About Life. Well, I'm glad to be visiting here with you, Billy and Sarah, and your family. And um, I thought to get started, well, I guess I'll give you like a short introduction that um, you guys are working here at RGBI. And Billy, you're leading um, a video team that um, broadcasts um, uh, classes, and then you help out with video and photography for informational purposes, you know, promoting the school and what they're doing and everything. And Sarah's homeschooling the kids and supporting Billy and his work. And um, anyway, RGBI, Rio Grande Valley Institute. Is that the name? Rio Grande Bible Institute. Rio, uh, Rio Grande Bible Institute. Yes. Okay. I, I could, we could just get this out of the way right here. <laughs> so it's no longer officially known as RGBI or Rio Grande Bible Institute. It's known as, its um, official name is Rio Grande Bible Ministries because okay. there's various ministries uh, that come under the umbrella. There's there's uh, the the radio station. There's the Koinonia Coffee Shop. There's the Bible College. So there's all the different ministries that come under um, the Rio Rio Grande Bible Ministries. Okay, okay. So uh, tell us a little bit more about. What you're doing down here? Well, first of all, we're down right on the border, Edinburgh, mm-hmm. right over the border of Texas and Mexico. Mm-hmm. And what's the school's mission? Okay, the Bible College, their mission, uh, that which is is one ministry of Rio Grande Bible Ministries, and and pretty much the biggest one. It's the main focus, really, because a lot of the other ministries revolve around there being the Bible College here, mm-hmm. and uh, their main ministry is, um, or I guess their vision, their mission is to train wait okay how how's it how's it start sarah help me say it exactly right so we can get right in the first time training or equipping godly leaders with a biblical worldview something like that i can look it up you always have it so well you're always (laughs) ready with it on the edge okay i've never had to memorize it (laughs) our mission is to train um Christ-centered leaders with a biblical worldview for the global church. Hmm. I think I think that's I think I've said it right. So it doesn't really in its mission statement. There's nothing about Spanish. No, not uh, not for the Bible College. It used to say for the Hispanic Church. Okay, but the thing is, our students are going all over the mission uh, all over the world and wherever there's a mission field not just the Hispanic church now a large part of them are serving the Hispanic church as pastors church planters but um, developing that was the key word developing Christ-centered leaders with a biblical worldview for the global church okay. but the school and Rio Grande Bible Ministries has really embraced the fact that the Hispanic church is waking up to missions, cross-cultural missions, foreign missions, and they are becoming more, even though their resources tend to be more limited financially um, to ours, they are sometimes more and better equipped in understanding what it means to go to another culture because many times in their home countries they have other cultures, other languages that they've grown up with. So... um, so anyway, so the school has really embraced that vision that we are training leaders not just for the Hispanic church, but for the global church. Okay. And and then, you know, there's lots of different ministries. And then what's kind of unique about this is um, there's also winter volunteers mm-hmm. who are mainly retired people who spend um, part of the year here. And there's a place on campus for them to park their RVs if they come down on an RV. And they do all kinds of work here. So um, what I've experienced of them, like I know they do a lot of work, but they also have like a really sweet time in the morning where they gather together and start their day off with prayer and some Christian fellowship. And um, it seems like, this would be just a really satisfying place. I mean, just really close 
friendships and stuff like that and rewarding work. And, and it's not like a heavy work schedule. It's the type of work schedule that would be ideal for a retired person. Anything else you want to say, either of you, about winter volunteers? I'll let Sarah go first if she has something to say. Um, I, I really love it whenever they're here. Because I don't know, it's really cool to see how the students interact with them, too, mm. because very often the volunteers don't really speak Spanish most of the time. And the students, whenever they first come, a lot of the time they don't really speak English, but they still like get along. Like you can just feel the love that they have for each other. Mm. And it's really sweet. And they're, it's really cool how everyone seems so ready to serve. Like they really seem to have a lot of joy in the, what they do here at the school. Like um, we asked them to build us a bookshelf and the winter volunteer who came and like planned it out with me, like you could just tell there's like so much joy that he's building this bookshelf and it's like one tiny piece of what God's doing here. And it's, it's not like, Oh, this family wants a bookshelf so they could put their school books on it. You know, it's, he actually had joy and I don't know, it's really encouraging and, and kind of inspiring too, to me. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, you mentioned the interaction. Like when do the winter volunteers and the students interact? Is it, you know, like um, through different programs or is it mainly just kind of mingling here and there? Um. Well, I know for sure uh, whenever – coffee shop is open mm-hmm. the winter volunteers spend a lot of time there and so they get to see the students during their break time um also a lot of them volunteer as english tutors okay or wow. a couple of i don't know how many okay. <laughs> i know there was more than one lady last semester that was mm-hmm. was volunteering as an english tutor so they get to form a relationship there and um and there's at least one time during the semester, whenever they'll have like a meet the grandparents night and the students will kind of like get to know them, like the the winter volunteers will do some things and the students will do some things. And then at the end, um, I believe usually all of the winter volunteers go around the edge of the room, right? Or they, they send all the students on a mission to find someone, like find a winter volunteer that they don't know and pray with them. Hmm. And it's it's really neat. Like a lot of times the students are, some of them are nervous. They're like, I don't speak any English. So yeah, like, you know, pair up, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's really, it's hmm. really special. It's interesting how, you know, if you don't know someone's language, when you're face-to-face with them and you just try and be, some kind of connection happens anyway, you know, mm-hmm. like maybe there's a little bit of, English on the other person's side or a little bit of Spanish on one person's side, but, and then just facial things and gesturing. Yeah. It's kind of interesting how you can communicate better than you you think you can. Mm -hmm. It's true. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And um, I just wanted to say it's, it's always just a revitalization of the campus when the winter volunteers start getting here. It's kind of like a breath of fresh air on the maintenance staff it's uh because they're helping in all like cutting grass trimming trees Mm -hmm. just helping the campus be maintained and then uh, the projects to move the the campus forward um a lot of the different ministries of of like uh repairing clothes sewing making Mm -hmm. blankets um running the food pantry it's it there's all that and then just like Sarah was saying, just the interaction. And and there are planned events like the there's a sing and share, I think is what maybe yeah, one of the that's events that's, that's planned. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're sharing and singing together. But then also just the in the natural life of the campus, you know, maintenance students at work in the maintenance department interact with the winter Texans that are in the maintenance department and students that are in other areas will end up interacting with with winter volunteers that are in those areas. And so Right. Mm-hmm. You know, you were mentioning um, the, uh, you know, the the ministry to like the global church and so forth, and um, and then a lot of the stuff is done in Spanish here. So, where's the global church um, really uh, growing? You know, in recent years, is it in like uh, Spanish speaking places? I hear something about Africa too. 
But um, do you have any th- uh, knowledge about or that? Um, it's you know that's part of the exciting part, I guess, is to find out those things, hear those stories from the the missionaries that are that are out there working that the students interact with sometimes and come back and tell us about, or staff go out and and tell us. I I would say in in South America, you see the church wanting to grow and there's always there's church planting going on and there are like unreached people groups and stuff but then the front lines of where you see the church kind of beginning i guess and the stories those kind of stories is with the muslims and in africa and the middle east okay so with um with i am afghanistan iraq and then in, in different uh, countries of, of Africa that are, are Muslim countries, um, there seems to be a heart. Uh, there's a there's a come there's a percentage of the students that come here that have a burden to reach Muslim people, and then there's also a um, at least one staff member that's actively engaged in past in pastoral discipleship in, in the Middle East. And I guess um, I won't say any names or anything like this, that since this is going mm-hmm. going public, but just, um, yeah, just uh, we get to hear some of those stories that you can't share share publicly about what's happening and, and things like that. Okay. So, so hmm. I, but as far as like where the church is starting to grow and mature, mm-hmm. we get to see it ha- uh, see it happening in South America. Because that's these a lot of these students are are being sent here so that they can help their local churches have good good leaders or so that they can plant churches that have have pastors that are that can teach the Bible well. You also hear lots of stories about um, charismatic uh, type things and the lack of doctrine and more emotionally led of uh, movements. Mm-hmm. And that some sometimes you hear that in a context where it's like. And you're not sure they're not sure what to do about it and then sometimes it's like um and that's you know why we need to be getting good training so we can be equipping our churches to understand what's true and what's false hmm. and then from that i think that's why we are starting to see a base or, or an outcoming of missionaries from those those churches as they begin to grow they understand the need for for sending missionaries to people who don't have a, a church don't have um Believers. Okay. Well, why don't you mention um, a little bit about what the community is like here among all the students? I guess what I'm kind of getting at, it just seems like a really warm and friendly community. And I think you said like um, a bunch of different nationalities is represented here, right? And um, like we kind of, as a Gringo, I guess you'd call it, normally thinks it's us and them, but really for a lot of them, it's like, you know, uh, a lot of different types of people here. Yeah, I'll let I'll let Sarah talk. Do you want to talk? And I just want to say it's kind of like the the beginning dynamic that we don't understand from us since like as a, in America, we have different people, like different backgrounds i guess uh, yeah. races that people come from but we're all american and generally share uh there's a lot of things we share in common but it would be kind of like if we were going to a university or seminary where there where there were scots and australians and british hmm. uh and Indians. and canadians <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, Native American, no, Na- like like the English from India. Is the, what English I was from, thinking. the English from Africa. <laughs> yeah, maybe it's not that. Maybe it'd be more like you know Scotland, England, Australia, and Americans trying to like communicate well together at, on a theological level. You know, and mm-hmm. you might have professors that are from those different countries too. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, do you want? Yeah, ha- that's that's kind of what I was thinking about too. Like like just compare. Like sometimes I'll think about like how different people um how different my language can be you know but i never think of other languages or hadn't thought of other languages being the same way having different variances but we were talking about 
um, the other night we were playing a game and we said something about something being cured because we were playing a game where you cure sicknesses. Mm-hmm. And uh, they said the word that we normally use for cured um, in in Chile, it was a way to say someone was drunk, right? Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so she was like, so it can be so hard to understand people from Chile because, you know, you never know what you're going to be saying. Um, <laughs> and And you kind of, you hear that from everybody like they'll be like these people like man it is hard to understand them sometimes when they get going together and to me you know everybody can be hard to understand when they're talking to each other fast but yeah yeah you know how did you guys first well i guess it was you who first found out about rgbi i guess or i'm not for sure but like how um how did this all first get started um I get. Was it when the Spencers came here that we first heard about it? Um, I think before the Spencers came, I think Steve and Robin Henry. Okay, I can't remember who was first. Um, and I think before that, maybe Aaron Sutton knew about it, just because uh, in in 2010, our missions team was stopped by the drug cartel in Mexico. Okay. And we started working in the valley on this side of the border uh, in little oh, churches okay. without pastors for a little while and mm-hmm. doing VBS and, and discipleship and stuff like that. Okay. And so we were in the area. Then uh, Stephen, because of the violence in, in that area, Steve and Robin Henry came out of Mexico f- temporarily. They were missionaries through um, to every tribe uh, missions. Um, and they came out and they came here to increase their Spanish okay. to get it up. They took only the second semester of language school to get it up higher. And um, and we thought they spoke good Spanish. So it's, yeah. the, they would come here to learn more Spanish. It was like, okay, that's a good place to go. Mm-hmm. And then when John and Julie Spencer, who were also serving through, uh, they were at First Baptist Church of Soto, but were going on mission trips through uh, Psalm 67 with Aaron Sutton. They, when they were called to Hispanic missions, they came here for language school. Mm-hmm. And then I was searching for how to use photography and video in missions mm-hmm. and not just short term, but long term. And Aaron Sutton, um, I don't, I think he messaged me and said, Hey, on the RGBI, at that time it was still RGBI um, website. They have a listing for videographer, photographer with two years of experience. And that's when I called and I had a conversation. Then I think I they someone else called me from here and I talked to them. And then they sent me the pre-application form. And then I think they flew me down here for an interview. Hmm. And then I, I went back, stayed here a night or two, went back. Um, they sent me the big application form, the actual membership, because you're not just applying for a position, you're applying to join membership of the, of the organization. And then when I had submitted that, it was submitted to the board of directors and I came for my full round of, of interviews with all the heads of departments. So okay. that's how everything started. That was about a year long process. Mm-hmm. What year was that? 2011. 12 2012 maybe by the end of 2012 okay um before the i think it's actually summer of 2012 maybe that finished maybe i have in mind 2011 because that's when the interviews started the first interview 2011 was when you went to japan yeah we, we didn't come to the valley until january 2012 i don't think hmm but we got married in 2013 mm-hmm. and when we got married i had six months prior Oh, yeah, that's true. Beginning of 2013, I was raising support. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then we decided to get married. And I put support raising on pause, and then we began together. Okay. And that's something to kind of bring up is that everyone on staff raises their own support. And from the president on down to, like, the maintenance person Mm -hmm. or Savannah, who's going to be uh, working in the – She's going to be the manager, manager manager. of Koinonia Coffee Shop. Right. (laughs) And um, so what's the purpose of that, of um, raising support? Um, It it goes with their 
their mission statement uh, with their mission, basically of of serving the the Hispanic Church and raising up leaders, you know, um, and they see it as the is the best method for reaching them and for providing um, the biblical training that um, that is needed. It's also part of how it was originally founded, you know, um, and set up that way. But I and I think it also goes with there's a I'm not sure if you call it a directive or an emphasis on quality, not quantity of students, but that every student that comes in and goes through the four year program comes out ready to pastor if that's what they're called to are ready to go and begin planting churches if that's what they're called to but that they're they're they are they're ready you know we're and and so because of that partially because of that they want people that are here because they're called not because they're looking for a, a job or anything like that or a position to fill and that was part of the interview process was my very first interview, the pre-interview, mm-hmm. was with the head of the video department then. And the first thing he asked me was it had nothing to do about, um, well, the first thing he asked me had nothing to do about video or photography or anything. He said, if you were to die tonight and stand before the Lord, and he were to ask you, why should I let you into heaven? What would you say? So that was his first question to me. But then later on, after sharing my testimony and talking, he said, "Um, if you are here for any reason besides the Lord calling you here, if you're here for for your career, if you're here to, um, uh, to advance like your skills or like, you know, to get to get somewhere or if you're here for any reason besides the Lord calling you here, then we don't need your skills here. So I think that freedom to be able to say that, uh, from the beginning, I think, I think all of that is kind of wrapped up in, in the reason. Do you have any, do you have any thoughts on that? On no, that, I guess just, um, I would agree. And also, um, just from the financial aspect, it really helps to keep the cost low because it costs a lot of money to come to the U.S. to study, hmm. and um, and our credit, it, it's uh, it's very affordable college. <laughs> yeah, it's very very affordable. Yeah, but it's still not cheap for the students mm-hmm. in the long run. Right. Hmm. Mm-hmm. But it's interesting. The students will come because the cost, while it may be a little bit more expensive or comparable to the seminaries in their home countries, mm-hmm. the they see the training they receive here as being so much more mm-hmm. uh, complete, hmm. more um, because it's not just in the, uh, the training in the classroom is by professors who have experience, who have knowledge in what they're teaching. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then they're not just getting in the classroom experience, they're getting discipleship, mentoring. They're they're working in the local church, pastoring and 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 teaching. The so students. The are. students are okay. So so when I've talked to the students, they say, yeah, the cost is actually kind of similar, or maybe a little bit more, but um, but uh, even normally the seminaries in their in their um, home countries don't aren't accredited. Um, so that they can't go to, uh, like if they're going to be a Christian educator or try to get a, uh, go on to, um, uh, get a master's, they can't do that with what they would get from the, the seminaries in their, in their home countries. You know, um, as far as your supporters, um, you know, I know that um, you appreciate their financial help and you appreciate their prayers. Is there anything else that comes to mind that just blesses you in um, your relationship with your supporters? Ah, oh, I don't know. They they feel like like family. Like some of them, 
I've maybe seen one time whenever we first shared with them. Mm-hmm. And so I only really know them as a name on a piece okay. of paper, you know? Yeah. Um, which, if any of our supporters are listening, we would really like pictures of everybody <laughs> mm-hmm. so that we can show the kids who's on our team. Yeah. We have some pictures right yeah, over there of different, right. different supporters. And if you send also. us a picture, then we send you some coffee. So Okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's the deal. Um, but... Uh, to me, they really feel like like they're on our our team. Like like we are just a part of what the Lord's doing, and they're just as much of an important part as what we're doing here. And um, I don't know. It's really encouraged every time we get to see them. It's really I don't know. It's just very special. It's it's been such a blessing. I was talking. Um, I guess last year with my sister, because there was some billboard for a lottery or something. We were like, well, hey, if we won that, you know, we'll just we'll just go into that and we'll have everybody supported. But then I was saying, but really, uh, I, I wouldn't really want that because I would lose this relationship that I have. You know, I would feel like all on my own mm-hmm. instead of being a part of something bigger. You know, it's not just... A job, you know, Billy doesn't just go and work at a college to make class videos. You know, he's serving the Lord and he's serving the church, and um, everyone that's a part of our prayer team or our financial team is is serving the Lord and the and the ch- global church in the same in the same amount. Mm-hmm. And um, so that's been special for me. I don't know if you have anything to say. Yeah. D- <laughs> um- no, there's security in knowing that we're part of a team and there's encouragement and being being prayed for mm-hmm. and um, and there's always a blessing and gratefulness we feel for those who are financially giving every month or every year. Um, and I think all of that is also just part of being uh, the, the having a team, you know, you're saying besides those things like how we are blessed as just, I think through communication and, 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 um, interaction like that, like being able to ask for prayer, receive prayer, pray for them, Mm -hmm. um, receive financial support. And then any, and then just any other communication we get, sometimes we get to have them visit here. Sometimes we visit them. Sometimes it's just writing thank you notes or letters or emails, but, communication with the team with our team members is a is a big blessing however it happens and and we would uh, love to see more of it you know mm-hmm. well how do you guys feel like that you've grown in recent years just anything come to mind that you know through your experience here or through i don't know just however god might be working in your life that you feel like you're growing or you've grown or anything that, you know, you want to mention that comes to mind that God's doing in your life? Um, I feel like the Lord's done a lot of humbling in my life. Mm. <laughs> uh, and also, I don't know, I kind of feel like, um, like I was like some Play-Doh that got kind of hard and he's just kind of been squishing me back soft <laughs> for mm. a while. Uh, but I was thinking about that earlier, um, probably around New Year's at some point, And I remembered having a thought of, um, oh, somebody was sharing something with me or maybe I was going, no, I was, I was going through something and I thought I could talk to somebody or something like that. And, and I, I had some thought along the lines of, no, because at least I'm strong enough to be able to handle something like this on my own or so- something to that effect. They're like, at least I'm not weak or something. And I just started laughing. I was like, I cannot believe I thought that I was not weak because I feel like the weakest person ever. Um, and uh, so that's been good. It's been hard because I feel like um, I, don't know, I feel like everything that I've trusted in outside of the Lord, he's been really gracious to take all of that away and not all at the same time, you know, just kind of in layers <laughs> a lot of the time. Um, and uh, so that's been really a good thing. I wouldn't really want to 
I hope I'm done. <laughs> I'm sure I'm not. <laughs> um, Anything in particular that comes to mind when you're talking about God's softening your heart, humbling that any you know thing that happened or anything that you want to um, mention? So I guess probably first was moving down here three mm-hmm. years ago. Um, I wasn't. I really didn't expect it to be as hard on me as it was. And, um, like physically, emotionally. Yeah. I I just thought I would just kind of take it in stride and this is how life is now. And instead, my body started crashing. I got eczema from the stress and Hmm. just a lot. I started having panic attacks. It was just really like, uh, I was so disappointed in myself. And, um, but, you know, the Lord brought me through that time and I came out feeling a lot weaker, but also knowing that the Lord's faithful and he's there and he can still use you when you're weak. Mm. And maybe he can use you best when you're weak. You know, you have to get rid of that idea that you have anything of your own to share because it's going to be rotten. I'm not sure. Um, and then, yeah, just learning to adjust to living with other cultures. Because um, I can be a very closed person, and I haven't had a lot of very close friends. I have, I feel like I have quite a few friends, but so far as having like best friends, I don't have very many. And um, yeah, I haven't really shared deeply with very many of them, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, realizing that I need community, I think, was another step in humbling me. Um, that mm. I, I do have to have. I'm like, well, I don't really have very many friends anyway, so I don't really need to make close friends. But it's just not true. Like, the Lord made us to depend on on Him um, and also on each other. So, what brought you through that to the other side? I mean, uh, was it like community that you're mentioning or um, what, um, you know, helped as far as like not having the panic attacks and stuff like that and getting to a better place, you know? Yeah. Um, So part of it, I think, was um, our our praying family, our prayer support team. Um, I would get... And whenever I would send out a message, you know, asking for prayer, I was usually didn't share very much about what I was dealing with. But um, often I would get a, a reply back, oft- sometimes from someone I didn't even realize was had joined our praying family. Um, that would just really help me with something. Um, like I remember I, I couldn't figure out what the eczema was, for example. And that's like a skin thing, right? Yeah, it's, okay. it's sort of a... I guess an auto, autoimmune thing where your skin starts kind of fighting itself. And um, so I was going to have to go to a dermatologist and we hadn't been here for very long. And it was just so much stress. And um, someone's like, you know, I'm not saying don't go to the doctor, but maybe you should try this first. Because like, it sounds exactly like what I go through. And so, um yeah, it cleared. It started clearing. It didn't heal completely for a while, but it started clearing up immediately. And it was just such a relief. And then um, just talking to different people. I remember there was a, a student here who helped me kind of whenever I realized it was a panic attack I was having. Like she helped me kind of not feel alone. And, um, and like, you know, you can you know, breathe this way and, and so, you know, to help me. And just knowing that I wasn't the only person that this had ever happened to or something, you know, it mm-hmm. really helped. Um, and then also just, I guess, having moments where like somebody would step, like usually they had no idea that they were doing anything. They'd just be like, hi, Sarah. And I'd be like, you're a person that I actually need to talk to right now. And, and that was just kind of how he, I guess, helped me see that, you know, I, I do need to open up to people. It can be very healing. <laughs> so there would be some people who wouldn't um, maybe know that you needed to talk with someone, but it kind of gave you an opportunity to 
confide with them at that time? Is that what happened? Yes. Yeah. And, um, one time whenever I was going through, um, I guess it was, I don't, I don't remember exactly what was going on, but I remember that Billy wasn't able to be there that evening. I can't remember. And I was feeling very stressed and I was like, I'm going to end up having a panic attack. Like, I don't know what to do about this. And so there's a, a friend I have on campus that I messaged her and I was like, so I, I really don't want to inconvenience you and please feel free to ignore this. And I think most of my message was like apologizing. And I was like, but I'm all by myself and I'm not feeling really great. Like, could you talk or something? And she came right over as she's, we don't get to see each other that often because we both are moms. And, mm-hmm. um, but when we do, she's, she's a really, she's a good friend. Yeah. What about your, yourself, Billy? Um, Sorry for taking over that. <laughs> no, 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 that's good. Yeah. How do you feel like you've grown or are growing here in recent years, or what is God uh, doing in your life? Well, the biggest thing to me, generally, when I when I think about um, growth and growing, is just my need for patience, <laughs> and that's the the main thing that I that I always. See patience with uh, mainly my children. They were the biggest instrument, I guess, in showing myself my need for patience and self-control. It's like I can be really patient up to a certain point and then just be very the opposite really fast. Mm-hmm. And um, so the Lord's been growing me in that. Recently, I've been realizing he's been, I guess, um, just be- because of where he's placed me, growing growing me in my need uh, or in my ability to be able to communicate and lead people, not just projects and things. Mm-hmm. You know, I came to be a videographer and photographer, but right now I'm directing or supervising the video department and I'm the only uh, member of staff. There's no one else that's directing or administrating. Um, but I have a team of eight students. So I am managing a lot of jobs and projects and people and and it's only in little ways, sometimes key ways and big ways too, but it, only at moments that I'm putting my hands on the camera and taking pictures or video. And there's only minutes where I'm the one editing. A lot of times I'm overseeing everyone else. So, and um, and um, and I'm not a super organized person with those kinds of things. So I've been trying to to grow my abilities and uh, uh, to do that. And also just my willingness to like to go in that direction and not just be trying to wait until the Lord provides some other way. I'm still praying that the Lord would provide um, uh, other people with those skills of organizing and managing, but um, at the same time trying to be responsible to grow my own character and abilities in, in those ways, mainly taking care of people, motivating them, Mm -hmm. um, in positive ways, correcting them, not, um, like if someone's not doing well, not just ignoring them, um, until they're gone, you know, or anything like that, but just trying to take care of people. I feel like that's another way that I'm trying to grow. Um, and then at the beginning, I think marriage helps with this and, and moving, just real, just being able, just growing and the ability to not be self-centered in my objectives, like what I want to get done, where yeah. I want to go, what I want to do, mm-hmm. but that that needs to be, uh, it's in the center point of that is not me, but now it's our family. Mm-hmm. So, hmm. That's kind of confusing sometimes because, like, your to-do list, your objectives are, like, sometimes serving other people. You know, they're not just for you. There's, But then, you know, it's kind of hard. Those get frustrated, too. And and um, I guess sometimes you have to let that happen and stuff. I mean, I, I can relate to the frustration of, <laughs> <laughs> of you know, kind of think of personal objectives getting 
mm-hmm. you know, frustrated. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I like I I one of you know one of my constant goals is just to be improving my Spanish, and I'm in a place where that happens to some degree. But I I would see like going on trips to South America to different countries and, and just spending a week or even uh, any period of time living really boosts your Spanish. It boosts mm. your ability to think completely in that language. It boosts your day to day conversational words where you're where you're not using the same word over and over again, but you you get you know more vocabulary. Um, so that's one thing. Another thing, um, another objective I have is just I would like to take classes here at the college. There's a lot of interesting classes, uh, missions and, and uh, spiritual growth and discipleship and things like that. And um, and that would really boost my Spanish, too. <laughs> mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, I have to kind of weigh it all in and with my responsibilities of caring for my family uh, doing the work that I've been given to do mm-hmm. and yeah. And then also looking, but also looking at the future, like, you know, this, that's some of those, those things that cost now are investing in the future. So, yeah. Right. Well, what's, you know, if you just think of your week, your normal week and so forth, what's like, among the most satisfying part of it, something that you really enjoy that's nap a part time. of your life. <laughs> nap, time. <laughs> nap, nap time is great. Yeah. <laughs> okay. while, while they last. Yeah. Yeah. This brief moment. And and right now at this time of of year in the afternoons, if the sun's shining, it just seems like perfect nap weather so often. Like in the summer, you can't have the house open like this. Yeah. But in the winter, you can open everything up. The breeze is coming through. And if it's not too chilly, then it's like perfect napping weather. Right. <laughs> yeah, I could see that. Yeah, I'm probably actually less productive because I'm on a nap too. <laughs> I, I re- I'm really enjoying our family times in the evening. Sarah, we had a meeting, Sarah and I, a while back, we try to have meetings every so often with each other. <laughs> and um, and uh, she had the really smart idea of moving our family time from right before bedtime, where we were constantly battling with wiggliness and lack of attention, to right after work time. So the first thing I do when I get, with, uh, when I get home from work and before dinner is we have our family time, which is very, very short, very simple, and it's still a battle with the wiggles sometimes, but it's a lot more manageable and, and enjoyable. Okay. So I'm enjoying okay. that. I think the kids are too. I am too. I think the kids I think are enjoying kids, it more too. Yeah, yeah, they're a lot more. And also we made a schedule for it kind of like a, this is what we want to try to achieve each time. And the kids, I think, really love that. They're mm-hmm. like, okay, now the, it's time for yeah. songs. Or now it's- mm-hmm. And that the kids know what, what, is happening it's not just an indefinite thing you know until we're done fighting for their attention you know (laughs) right right i was just thinking maybe we should try that right after dinner because um we've been waiting till like kind of the last thing and then sometimes i'm just feeling so tired there's nothing you know maybe a a quick prayer Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's about all the our time together but um we do just enjoy kind of lounging around, just chatting in the evenings. So that's kind of nice. Um, but it'd be nice. Like we haven't been involved in like singing together as a family in a pretty good while. And it'd be oh. nice to kind of get mm-hmm. back into that and, mm-hmm. yeah. and stuff like that. But. Well, are you ready for the fire round? <laughs> uh oh. <laughs> I'll, I'll say one more thing in in our daily routine of the week that I enjoy. Uh, okay. Like a work related thing is, you know, I do almost everything I do and involves some aspect of managing, working as a team, and things. But there's one little part that's still just me, and it, that's the photography part. Mm-hmm. So I do enjoy the little times I get to go out on campus because something's happening somewhere. You know, whether it be a construction project or event. 
or a prayer card photo is needed for a missionary or student Mm -hmm. taking pictures. And then it's hard, but carving out that little bit of time in the office to edit those photos. And generally I, I either listen to a podcast or music and just edit photos, you know, for a little while. So I enjoy those little moments where it's just me and the media, uh, that I'm, I'm working on. Right. Good. Okay. Okay. So the fire, fire um, round. Yeah. Whoever has, you know, the quick, uh, whoever is quicker to the draw, just go ahead and give your answer. And these are just kind of, just probably win every time. (laughs) (laughs) Never know. Brief. um, So if you were invited to a dinner, what is something that you hope would not be on the menu? Like a tomato salad. <coughs> tomato salad. Like something zucchini. wrong with just yeah, zucchini. Zucchini. Like zucchini. Yeah. <laughs> What's the last movie that you watched? Homeward Bound. Oh yeah, it was Homeward Bound with the kids. <laughs> <It's> kind of <laughs> embarrassing. Before that, it was Mr. Smith, Smith goes, goes to Washington. Yeah, so that's, that's my... Where did you go on your last date? Uh, Where was it? Cheddar's. Oh, yeah, that's right. We went to Cheddar's. We had a gift card to Cheddar's. Oh, yeah, it was a gift card given to me for a little extra photography project I did, or video project I did. Okay, cool. And and Gracie and Ruthie and Johnny, they gave that to us, the uh, the date night. Okay. Watching the kids. Right. Mm -hmm. What is a particular talent that you have that most people don't know about? Mm -hmm. Hmm. Well, I, I first think of unicycling, but most people <laughs> I know. Right, a motorcycle. <laughs> I don't know. If in the past, everybody knew that. I don't know if they know that anymore. Yeah, they might not. I have a unicycle. I can make some good cookies. Sarah likes to ride a motorcycle. <laughs> she's good at making cookies. <laughs> I don't know. Billy can paint. Oh yeah, I like painting. I haven't done very much of it, but I'm uh, Sarah. My Christmas present was some canvases and paintbrushes oh. and paint. So wow. he's not Michelangelo yet, but no, I think, it's very I abstract still. <laughs> talent. What is your favorite type of social interaction? As in, like quiet conversation over coffee, or like a loud party, dancing, a, a big meal. You know, how do you like to interact with people? My favorite regular social interaction is the soccer court and basketball court, which okay. happens almost weekly here on campus. So that's something that's my that's my favorite social interaction is sports. Okay. Hmm. hmm. I think like maybe like like a big dinner together. Okay. I don't know. The New Year's New Year's Eve party was really cool, but that's not regular and it was kind of new experience for us <laughs> yeah but like whenever you know whenever you're like sitting there and you kind of there's something you have in common you know automatically there's something else to be doing you don't have like all of right. the pressure like only the conversation on you yeah and it's kind of like one-on-one conversation but it's just kind of taking turns a little bit yeah exactly and then sometimes it's a little more group conversation yeah i can relate to that What is a purchase that you've made recently that has had an impact on your life? Hmm. Hmm. Are you thinking of something for me? Uh, no, I can think of a sushi mask. Sarah used her Christmas gift card on, the, on a sushi set, and it was the first time that the kids loved sushi. Mm-hmm. Or have actually liked it at all, and they loved it. They said, "Yeah, William loved it for sure." Yeah, it was cute. Wow! But I don't know so how the big kids of got an the, impact. The kids got to make <laughs> the kids got to make their own sushi, and they liked it. I mean, that's another that's a cultural step for them. So, yeah, yeah I think it's cool. <laughs> I think so too. Okay. Um, well, I guess just to close out, um, what are you want? what direction are you wanting to go or what are you wanting to learn in your you know, personal life this coming up year? We've talked about that a little bit, I guess, but just any other thoughts? Um, so do you want to start, Sarah? <laughs> um, I feel like I would like to do something musical. I don't oh, know. Really? Im- improve in that in some way. Okay. Um, 
I don't know how. Like, I don't know if I should. The guitar hurts my fingers so much, but we have a guitar. <laughs> so maybe try to learn some chords on the guitar. Or Sarah wants a piano in our house. Yeah, I have a piano in Missouri that I want here. But okay. Um, recently, the accordion has kind of caught my attention a little bit. Um, I meet with some older fellows at McDonald's on Sunday mornings before going on to church. And they meet there every day and they just get there in the mornings, have a cup of coffee together. And this one guy said, on Christmas Eve morning, I'm going to bring my accordion in and play it for y'all. And uh, he did. And it was really neat. He brought it in, put on his Santa hat. He started um, just playing Christmas tunes. And every once in a while, he'd throw in a polka tune. (laughs) That is so fun. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. But um, so anyway, I thought that's a neat instrument because it, was really loud. It would fill up the restaurant, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and um, so, um, what about yourself, Billy? Personal personal goals is that is that yeah, kind of like um, what direction are you wanting to go in this year, or what are you wanting? To, to learn like kind of in your personal life this coming up year or anything come to mind? Hmm. Well, I am uh, kind of excited about the idea of taking another, some more classes and just growing. And I've been challenged recently to grow in my Spanish and in the more academic area, maybe like written like i it was really recently we wrote the job descriptions for the department uh the video department Mm -hmm. and it was just really clear to me how different uh written spanish is from like normal conversation spanish Hmm. and um and i think that's true in english as well but then also just being just growing as uh, as a person and by by learning and studying, I guess I've, I haven't done a whole lot of learning and s- through study and quite a while in my life, I guess. And so, yeah, we kind of got off on Spanish and then getting back to like to normal, I don't know, learning and mm-hmm. stuff. Maybe. So, so, I mean, that's, uh, I took guitar lessons last semester and that was enjoyable, but, um, but yeah, I would, I don't know if that really answers the question very well that together with getting back to to reading more you know yeah learning spanish just kind of takes up a big chunk of your your life Hmm. but i would i would like to to read more both in english and in spanish and i would like to just learn learn more (laughs) however the opportunities come okay well thank you for the conversation i think it's really neat what you're doing here and what you're a part of and the whole you know it's just what god's doing with the community and your support community and just you guys and your families so thank you thank you if you use a podcast app like itunes please give a review of conversations about life